Hey, folks, thanks so much for tuning in to a new episode of Social Night, brought to you by Impact 89 FM. My name is George, and I'll be one of your lovely hosts on this episode, where we'll be discussing the... I already already screwed up. We'll be discussing the first four episodes of Apple TV's The After Party. Before we talk about the show, let's just go around the horn and see who's here today. So, Tay, you want to kick us off? Yeah, hi, I'm Tay Holterman. You might know me from AMs on 89, the morning show on Monday mornings here on Impact, if you tune in. Yeah. I am Sophie. I'm also at the horn. Um, Because you said horn. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm George's girlfriend, and I'm also a student at Michigan State studying social relations and policy and women's and gender studies. Uh, I'm also on the horn. My name is Peter. I'm uh, roommates with uh, George and Tay. Uh, I'm also a student at MSU, and I'm uh, getting a degree in packaging. Perfect. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. Um, the reason we kind of are talking about this show is, well, first of all, let's talk about what this show is about. The After Party, which is airing currently on Apple TV, takes place at a high school reunion after party where a devilish murder has <laughs> taken place. And it's a mini series that takes place over eight episodes. And each episode is set from a different perspective of a person who is at the reunion. So one perspective of the events happening might be more of like a romantic comedy and the other one might be an action thriller or another one might be a psychological horror. So th- this series is really fun and it, it, ta- it plays a lot with different genres. So I was excited to watch this from the get-go because the folks who were responsible for making this, um, their names are Phil Lord and Chris Miller. You might recognize those names from helping out with Into the Spider-Verse, The Lego Movie, 21 Jump Street, and Clone High. And they were also the original directors behind the Han Solo Star Wars movie before they got fired for apparently being too improvisational and fun. Oof. And that's, but that's actually what they're known <laughs> for. They're really known for all their projects having, well, and, and we all, we've seen a couple of those other projects yeah. together. Like they're known for being very silly, improvisational, but even though it's comedy, there's always a lot of heart to it. So when mm-hmm. I heard about this show starting, I instantly wanted to check it out and I thought we would all have fun talking about it. So, I made you all watch the trailer at different times. Um, I would like to know, when you were first kind of presented with this on your radar, what were your first impressions? I've got to say, when you sent me the text asking if I wanted to do a social night about the after party, I think my first text back to you was, that's the new murder mystery show, right? Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, I want to do it, because I love murder mysteries. So for me, this had my two favorite elements, murder mysteries and Ben Schwartz. So, like, I was in. That's all it takes for me. Oh, yeah. Definitely um, for me on Ben Schwartz. But what do you think, Sophie? Well, I gotta be honest. You send me a lot of trailers. So, I, I do. don't think I watched the trailer. I don't remember watching it. But I did look at the poster, which told me nothing. So, when I started it, I didn't know anything about it. And then once the, like, premise kind of became clear that it was gonna be, like, a different genre of movie for each person's account of the night, like... That really intrigued me once we got into that in the first episode. For sure. Yeah, and how about you, Peter? Uh, yeah, I uh, um, I had never really watched any kind of, I've never really watched any mystery series or movies or whatever. Uh, so I was kind of interested to try it out. And I, I, you, it kind of pulled me in when you talked about like those two guys right? Uh, that directed all the other stuff. Because uh, I liked a lot of those other movies, so it kind of pulled me in. And then Dave Franco is always really funny i like his kind of vibes in a lot of the movies and stuff oh yeah and his character was really so obviously i knew the i knew the folks who were behind the production so that already was convincing me to give it a chance but 
for me, it was like 15 minutes in the first episode where they're talking about the uh, the murder victim, Xavier, who's played by Dave Franco, who's this, uh, you know, he he blossomed since high school. You know, he's now this like multimillionaire. He's a rapper. He's a playboy. He's done all those sort of things in Hollywood. So they, when um, the media reports on his death, um, they kind of do a quick review of his history in that universe. And like he was the star of like, a Hall and Oates biopic <laughs> with Channing Tatum. He did a Hungry Hungry Hippos movie. He <laughs> he does this rap called X Marks the G Spot. <laughs> like there were so many just goofy dumb bits that involve Xavier that they covered when he died. And after I saw all those, I was like, all right, this show is definitely gonna be good. So yeah. obviously we talked about first impressions before we watched. How, when did when did the show really start hooking you? When did you get interested? Well, I just wanted to comment about Xavier. Quick, just to like paint the picture for Please. anyone who hasn't seen the show, he wears a blue, like a bright blue suit for the whole show with no shirt underneath with yeah. like these dangly necklaces. So I think that really like paints the picture of who he is as a person. And the blonde tipped hair. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Dave Franco always plays one of two characters every time in every movie. So oh, yeah. if you've seen any other Dave Franco movie, yeah. it's always like the idiot, douche, hot, mysterious guy. Yeah. Who like whisper argues every time he gets into an argument with someone. Yeah. And that's definitely his role here as well. He's definitely the type of guy who would come up to you at the bar unsolicited and be like, Hey, hey, like, what's uh, up? You want vodka crayon with me? Like and he would not leave you alone. Mm-hmm. That that's the kind of character he plays on this show. I think that goes for like every actor on this show is that they all were like very typecast. I think that works for it, but like every character plays every character they've ever played before. Does that make any sense? It does. Like, yeah. Well, what what do you, what do you guys think about that? Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I don't know enough of the actors to kind of get that vibe. I guess, um, like the the Taze dude, I can't remember his name. Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Like I, I don't really know him from anything, uh, Ooh, so I don't yeah. really know for sure. Yeah. So yeah, at that at that point, let's talk about the characters who are at the central plot here. So Tiffany Haddish plays Detective Danner, um, a detective who is kind of going off the standard rule book to investigate this scene. She has a partner, Detective Culp, who, let's keep that name in mind. I have a thought on him later. Ooh. <laughs> um, I know, that's what I was getting excited about when we talked earlier. But, so Detective Danner, um, she spends every episode kind of working as the the person who motivates the plot, and she gets all the characters at the party narrating their accounts. So the first person who comes into the fold is Anique, played by Sam Richardson, popular from I Think You Should Leave. So, Anik is an escaping designer. He's kind of portrayed as the primary suspect at the start of the event. So, that Anik's perspective is what defines the first episode. So let's let's talk that through. Um, Tay, what would you mind describing kind of Anik for the folks at home and what his episode's like? Yeah, when we first meet Anik, I believe he is instantly has drawings all over his face from being drunkenly passed out, and yep. everyone drew all over his face. He has no idea what's going on. He's complete. He's blacked out, and uh, he's kind of in a panic, trying to figure out what happened and like why the police are there. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but he, other folks at the party, remember him going around saying, "Oh, yeah, Xavier did this to me." When he sees that he's covered in sketches and drawings, Xavier did this to me again. Is what yes. He says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Anik goes upstairs to where Xavier was last seen alive. Folks hear screams from Anik. They go upstairs. They see him alone in the room. Xavier is then dead at the bottom of his mansion, yeah. fallen to death. Yeah. 
So Anik is then investigated, and then the whole episode kind of plays out like like a rom-com, kind of, you yeah. know, him trying to be in courtship with a girl he used to like, Zoe. So, Sophie, what, what did you make of kind of that whole, what was the genre like there? You know well, I mean? it was, that was like the first episode, so it was really interesting. I was like, okay, so his story is a rom-com, and then all the other ones are going to be different, and I think that's really cool. But I also think, like, a lot of the characters described him as adorkable, you know, that kind of, like, yeah. millennial phrase. And I think that's a perfect description of him. Um, and he is kind of, like, in contrast to James Franco's character. Um, Dave Franco, yeah. Da- oh, same thing. Um, <laughs> Xavier, whatever. He's, like, the douchebag. And then Sam Richardson's character is um, is adorkable, and I love that. And I love Sam Richardson. I kind of have a crush on him, I think. Yeah, and well, they they really frame him that way too, because that whole episode's set up like a meet cute for him and Zoe. You know, they, right? They it's really perfect. Hit, they really hit it off at the reunion. Zoe is newly divorced, um, but she really wanted to make sure that Anique was there to rekindle whatever they might have had in high school. Um, but the whole time, yeah, Anique is just a little you know bumbling, awkward, but sweet and sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a rain scene. You gotta love a rain scene where yeah. neither of the actors get wet. It rained. It did not get wet. Well, that's the thing, though, because, and this speaks to kind of how the the stories are told. Like, it doesn't really rain. <laughs> that's yeah. just that's just Anique's, Um, th- there's a part when he and Zoe, like Zoe, leaves with Xavier in his private helicopter to okay. go to the after party, and Anique is left behind, and he looks on so despondently, and he's describing there being rain, and then <laughs> the detective was like, um, I don't think there was rain, and then he's like, Yeah, there wasn't, there but wasn't. there should have been. Felt like there was rain. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and that was really that was really an enjoyable part of the show for me. Just uh, how they kind of, no one is a reliable narrator. Right, yeah, Peter? like wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. What, That's what why uh, even going through four episodes so far, we don't really know any of the true events that happen. Like we have a rough idea, but everyone kind of embellishes everything or changes things, mm-hmm. uh, just enough to where like you don't really know. Like you'll see between episodes like uh, two characters have an interaction from one person's perspective yes and then another person will describe in their episode describe that same interaction but it goes a very different way so mm-hmm. uh we or it's kind of interesting that we've watched four episodes of not the same story but the same kind of events taking place and we still don't really really know what happened uh, right. we just kind of know people's different portrayals of it no exactly right and well i mean yeah in the first episode alone um and Anik is constantly placed in a love triangle between him, um, Xavier, and then Zoe's ex-husband is also at the reunion, and his name's Brett. And Brett, from Anik's perspective, is like this huge bully who's pushing him around and threatening to kill him. Um, just like a lot of unchecked aggression. Um, and then by the end of the episode, we're setting it up that the next one's going to be from Brett's perspective. And Brett sees himself as like, you know, this... Uh, this charming rogue who's in it to protect his family and he's just misunderstood. So, so Tay, I don't know if you want to talk maybe about um, how each episode kind of jumps into one another in terms of like, there's obviously these base events, but how did you notice they like changed and warped and what did that mean for you? Like as a watcher, does that make sense? Yeah. I've got to say, I didn't really expect that uh, from Mm -hmm. the trailer and everything. Once we got into episode two, I realized it was going to be in Brett's perspective and I was like, Dang, I don't even like this guy. I know. I do not want to watch a whole episode from his perspective. And there was a point where I was like, am I going to be able to watch this whole show? Because there are a few characters I do not like. And I do not want to watch a whole episode from their perspective. Right. But 
as we got further into it, I started to enjoy seeing the subtle differences in everything that was going on and getting more and more of the story. Mm-hmm. Even though the story was at points uncertain, I think that's what makes it more fun for you to try and figure everything out as you go along. So it's really cool to see about how every single character, what they think about themselves and how they see their life as like a movie right. versus how other people see them. Exactly. And, and Sophie, yeah, I don't know if you want to speak to that in terms of how does Brett really contrast between episode one and, and episode two? That's exactly what I was going to talk about because you kind of hate him after episode one. Mm-hmm. And then going into episode two, I was still like, this guy's just here to control his wife. Like, that sucks. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they kind of like humanize him throughout the episode, or at least his story places him in a position to be like the hero, which you hate at first. Right. And then he kind of justifies it because he makes it seem like he's doing everything to like get this koala stuffed animal for his daughter back. Right. Um, and keep his family together, as he says. Yeah. And like, so he's like the good dad is pretty much how he's portraying it. But then as you keep going on in the show, you, then you're left to question that again. Cause you're like, well, is he, cause other perspectives don't show him doing the things that he said he was doing for his daughter. Mm-hmm. He believes he's the good dad, but yeah. is he the good dad? Exactly. One of my notes was, if I hear you have my word and my word is my bond, one more time I'm turning the TV off. <laughs> and that's that's like his thing. My word is my bond. But you thing... see from other people that they don't really agree. The fact that his daughter also like seconded his quote in his yeah. narrative where he's like, it's the only thing I've got that's worth the damn. <laughs> that's so funny. Hold on, I got a cough. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. Um, P- Peter, what was your impression of Brett? Um, beyond what we've discussed already? Um, I think it's difficult to formulate an opinion, kind of uh, kind of like what I talked about earlier, where we don't really know what happened. We have kind of these blown up kind of perceptions of it. Because obviously, like, you start off and you think, uh, oh, Brett's a jerk. Like, I can't stand the guy or whatever. And then in the second episode, like, you still might have that vibe, but, like, a lot of the way he puts it um, in this story that he's doing, not that he doesn't do some stupid things and stuff, oh, but, yeah. like, you can empathize with him more. Yes. Um. So I find it really, I find it really interesting that I don't know. I find it really difficult to form an opinion because we see all these different perspectives and we don't really know which one is kind of true. Um, because I guess I guess in a lot of ways you are how other people kind of perceive you. Like that's kind of really what yeah who you are. Mm-hmm. But if you're if who you think you are kind of conflicts with that, I don't know. It just creates something really interesting i feel like that's a very good point and that's also conveyed really well by the storytelling of the show like for instance um characters will omit certain details of the larger story from what other people had in their narratives because they didn't witness it or they didn't experience it so for instance in the first episode um anik and then two of his friends jasper and chelsea who we haven't even talked about yet we gotta get to them next um they're all in a car together driving to the after party and they're being pursued by brett and from their perspective, Brett doesn't want Anique to see Zoe. And Brett's, like, threatening to kill him. So there's a part where they all roll down their windows and they're talking to each other across their cars. They think Brett is yelling at them, like, I'm going to kill you. I'll kill you. But then from Brett's perspective, he's yelling koala. Like, he wants his daughter's koala, which somehow Anique ended up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but me, personally, as a viewer, I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> I don't know if I'd confuse koala and kill you. So that makes it even harder to understand, like, okay, what really happened here? Like, what's the true plot thread? Because, like, we see general details, like, you know, 
They went to the after party. Brett pushed uh, Anique. Um, Chelsea went upstairs after Xavier. Like, we see these larger plot threads that people can account for, but we don't know the actual events that happened. Yeah, that's... Can, can we talk about Jasper next? We please, yes. I'd love to talk about Jasper. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about episode three with Jasper. Ben Schwartz, Jasper. I was so excited for episode three. Mm-hmm. And then it's a musical episode. <laughs> Just not at all what I was expecting. Like, it makes sense knowing his character. Yeah. It was very unexpected. Gives me a lot of Lonely Island pop star the movie vibes for sure if anyone has seen that it's definitely that kind of like humor music right um which i wasn't sure if i was down for and then as we got into it i was kind of bopping along they were jams i would sing them oh yeah but jasper is definitely portrayed as in my opinion the guy who's really nice to everyone and wants to help everyone out but also is really really vain living entirely in his own world and yeah. his whole life revolves around him and getting his music to take off, which it's, is an interesting dynamic. And that's also what places him at the after party. So he, um, for, for folks at home, Jasper's background is he's Anik's best friend. Um, Jasper kind of does AV work. He set up Xavier's uh, security system. He does a lot with uh, just media in general. Um, and he and Xavier have history together because they had a ska band um, dating back to, I forget, as early as high school? High school, mm-hmm. yeah. So... Um, Scapadium. That's right. Yeah. Um, so Jasper comes to this reunion because he wants to make it as a performing artist, but he needs Xavier to bless one of his tracks. So throughout the whole episode, that's his goal. He's trying to get alone time with Xavier and uh, just have a vehicle for collaboration so he, his career can blow up. And he's conveying his his wants and you know shooting for his dreams through the songs like "We All Get One Shot Twice" and "Yeah Sure Whatever" and three di- like. You're right, Tay. The music completely goes <laughs> off. Like, I, I really enjoyed it, and I was expecting kind of be like, eh, I don't know how well this will work, but I don't know. what. what how, how did it feel for you, too? Yeah, so um, I got more used to the music as it went on, yeah. and I think part of it was because the first song I wasn't, like, a big fan of. Uh, I didn't like it as much. Are you talking about We All Get One Shot? The rap, the rap one? The rap Hamilton one? Inspired? Yeah. I, I was not into that one. Um, I don't know. It just wasn't my style, I guess. Hamilton inspired. I don't know. I don't really like Hamilton either, so maybe that's a hot take. But um, yeah, I wasn't into that. But like all the other songs, like yeah, went off. I was really into, it. and I, I kind of like, uh, yeah, it, it really re- reflects his character and stuff. He's my favorite character so far, so oh, I think yeah. that uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a unique kind of thing to do. I this was the one episode where I was like, I don't about this show it kind of made me question it i don't know and i like musicals so like i was actually really excited for this episode but i don't know and i and i like lonely island too i don't know what it was it was but i was kind of in the same boat where it kind of like grew on me over time throughout the episode but it did make me i was kind of like okay like i just kind of want to get through this episode no that's fair because that's for me that's one thing that's preventing the show for me as great as it could be for me is that because we're with each episode through the different perspective of a character, we're kind of resetting the plot in some senses because a majority of the episode is dedicated to what happened, what did you experience. So, you know, there's not a lot of like forward momentum in terms of uh oh like oh this new development happened and this totally changes the game. Like obviously we see we see new details that adds for context and builds the overall mystery, but for episode three, like, you know, 
I don't know, but like Jasper is not on my suspect list. He's, I no. Ooh, okay. Oh, Hot take. You t- yeah, tell I would, me what you think. I, w- I would argue that he might be on my suspect list, actually. Ooh. Okay, well tell me um, tell me why then. Well, I have two thoughts. Okay. So on off of your first thing, we're like moving the plot along every time. One important thing that I don't think we've touched on yet is right. the note that they find in the bathroom in episode two. Mm-hmm. And that comes into fruition in episode three, where they're trying to figure out who writes diarrhea the same way that it was written. <laughs> On Anique's yeah. neck, right? So they see the note. The note is written in the same handwriting as whoever wrote diarrhea on Anique's neck. Mm-hmm. He goes around trying to get everyone to write diarrhea on a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, so that interesting plot point, but it does, I think, is one of the ways that they keep it fresh every time. There is something new happening in the present every that, That's very true because, yeah, for, yeah, for the folks at home... Um, Anique and Jasper are actively trying to solve the mystery while Detective Danner is interviewing new folks. So, like, well, yeah, while Brett's being interviewed, they're going around digging around the house, listening into the speaker system. Yeah. And you're, and you're very much right. That does keep it, keep things fresh. And yeah. Moving. So there is, so there's this diarrhea note, right? And right. for, until this point, I cannot <laughs> believe I just said yeah. that so seriously. Until this point, I did not think Jasper had a chance of being on my list of suspects. And then we got to episode four, which mm. we haven't talked about yet. But when it clicked in my head is that Jasper's been trying to help solve the mystery. Jasper has motive of, you know, potentially being upset about Xavier not wanting to do this song with him, not helping him with this song, whatever, being jealous of Xavier, maybe. I could see that being a thing. Um, and he knows about the note. So when he wrote diarrhea down on the paper, he's like, oh, it could have been me, the first one. He could have just changed his handwriting. And no one would have ever known, right? So, mm. you know, we can't use the diarrhea as like a valid, as a valid reason to say it wasn't Jasper because he sure. knows. So my thoughts are that he's trying to help everyone. He's the nice guy, blah 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 blah. But really, this whole time he might be messing things up. He's the one who knows how to work all of the equipment in Xavier's house. He knew that the Private Eyes poster had a camera in it and told Anik that he would check it out for the footage. Mm. I think that there might be something fishy mm-hmm. going on with him. And I'm only going to like him more <laughs> if he like, is. I feel like you can kind of make a case for anybody in terms of like mm-hmm. who is the killer, but that he is a definitely a strong contender now that you say that. Um, but I also like, speaking of the diarrhea note, um, side note, I'm, I love how many times we're going to have to say diarrhea. Um, <laughs> this so is more it, than I thought big, we would already. Yeah, it's a big part of the plot. Um, so there were a few people that didn't quite sign the diarrhea thing because they right. have to, like, match the handwriting. So Zoe, he told her, like, he was, like... What he was doing. Yeah, he revealed why he was having her do it, which means that she could throw off her handwriting. Exactly. So she could be the person who wrote the note. And then also... Walt. Walt was a little bit kind of sus because, mm-hmm. well, first of all, I'm very suspicious of Walt in general. Like, he's just like, he's this guy in the background that, like, has no personality. No one knows who he is or why he's there. Well, he was, he was like the guy no one remembers from high school. So right. he tries to reintroduce himself to everybody, and everyone's just like, oh, hey, uh, guy, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he kind of, um, he started to write diarrhea, and then, and then, um, uh, Anik got distracted and, like, took Zoe. the note away. So I, I don't know. He's on, he's on my list, too. I feel like, uh, well, I think my number one suspect is Walt. Sure. Um, and then Zoe. Uh, obviously, because I think the diary writing th- diarrhea writing thing is off. But I, speaking on uh, yeah, whether Jasper did it, 
I, I, I don't, I think they would have to do a lot to convince me that it was possible. Because even you said, like, he's jealous of Xavier or well, is mad at him for not. He, even in, no matter whose story he's been in, he's never really shown, he's so aloof that, like, I've never gotten a vibe from him that he could do something bad. Even like he never really gets angry or anything. I don't know. I, I just don't. I think if that was, I'm not saying it's not the case because it could be. Sure. Um, I just, I would be disappointed if that was the case and they didn't do anything to make me feel like he was capable of something like that. Cause like, I don't know, unless it was like somehow an accident or something. Yeah. I feel like if I it was know. him, it would have to be some goofy okay. accident at this point. And, and plus but... though, like, Granted, you know, obviously it was told through his perspective, so how can we trust him? But through episode three, leading up to Xavier's death, um, you know, he gets the text about meeting him in the studio. And, and Xavier, er, excuse me, Jasper, Jasper, I'm sorry, <laughs> spends so much time just mixing the track, messing around, waiting in there. And in another in another story, I forgot if it was in Chelsea's or if it was in Brett's, they see Jasper in the mm-hmm. studio. So his location is accounted for generally compared to the other characters but i suppose still like there's a chance you know they might do a 180 and 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 in your argument there actually peter like you know that he's he he doesn't seem to have like an aggressive bow in his body he doesn't seem to be that type and he's so aloof i mean you know if he was really kind of a machiavellian like mastermind he could just be putting on a front to everybody yeah but i i well he is putting on a front to everybody that he's rich and famous he's renting his car and he didn't want to tell anyone oh you know Okay. So he he does drop like shady com- things throughout. He knows how to put up a front, I guess. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. But my other hot take since episode one has been Zoe. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. we don't really know. We don't really know much about her really in general. I mean, she's been in a few other stories, but like we don't really know much about her around her like motivations, kind of what she's thinking. Cause she hasn't had a centered episode, obviously. Yet, exactly. So she does really... say that Xavier sucks at one point walking past somebody um down the stairs. That was the point where That's I was like, true. ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the thing about her not signing the paper was pretty suspicious. So. And, and there are parts of the, the overall branching story where we have a sense of where Zoe is, but we don't know what happened there. So, for instance, the mm-hmm. helicopter ride from the high school to the after party, that was just her and Xavier, as far as I remember. Don't know what happened there. Um, do you have something you want to add so far? I would just kind of realized like something could have happened in that helicopter, and I think we're going to see what happened as soon right. as we get to either Xavier or Zoe's story. Right, exactly. Because, and the other thing I was going to mention is like at the party, we see on multiple occasions like Zoe and Xavier are on the upper balcony talking and chatting. And I think from some portrayals, they're laughing and chatting with each other, and others, maybe they seem a little more involved, not intimate necessarily, but just like getting closer. Um, but you're right. Like, there's so many times where. We see them from afar, but yeah, even then, like there are some seeds planted about Zoe saying like, like I think she says something pretty like nihilistic to yeah. Chelsea about like, oh, nothing matters, and like yep. so, something that's very much like, oh, <laughs> we we might want to keep a closer eye on Zoe. Um, Do we think that she's capable of being the bully who like draws on Anique when he's passed out at the party? Because we oh. thought for a, for one of the episodes, it was kind of, we were led to believe that she wrote, I'm sorry, on his hand. Right. But that wasn't her. It was, it was Chelsea. Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know. I feel like they're kind of leading us to question her morality because she's kind of painted as like this, like the love interest, like this like really nice person. That's a, that's, that's a good point. And uh, I mean, they're, they're always interesting. I mean, each episode, there's a new layer 
un- revealed about each of the characters' relationships to one another. And in this latest episode that starred Chelsea, played by Alana Glazer, um, we learned that Chelsea and Zoe's ex-husband, Brett, had an affair. And uh, Zoe has a pretty... Seems to have a large chip on her shoulder against Chelsea for obviously being a part of that and allowing that to happen. But I get the sense that there's there's a lot of baggage that's surrounding all these characters that as we get through, especially the next episode that's at that high school party that was apparently pretty crucial for Anique and others, we're going to learn a lot more about these characters. Uh, but I also, I, I do want to say, I feel like there's more to say about Chelsea's episode and mm-hmm. her role. Because for me, at the end of episode three, I was like, hmm. Chelsea's the most guilty right now, but then obviously they they made it, I think, too guilty, so then by episode four, it kind of absolves her of most guilt. But what 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 were your impressions of the Chelsea episode? I was just kind of like, oh, Chelsea's here to make us think it's Chelsea, and it's not going to be Chelsea. It's like right. the classic, let's make them look guilty and crazy well, thing. You and you didn't even like Chelsea, I remember, when no, we started the episode, No, I did right? not like her when we started. I didn't think there was a reason for her character to have been there so far. She was annoying. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a big fan. The, um, yeah, she was pretty two dimensional in the earlier episodes of just like the wash, the washed up, exactly high school person. Yeah, but by the end of the episode, I completely different story. Right. She's got heart. She had completely changed her mindset around to try and become a better person. So, mm-hmm. yeah, which I had a change of heart. I think I was just kind of set up to like her from the beginning because I really like Alana Glazer. Uh, that's her last name, right? Yeah. The actress who plays her. I love Broad City, so I was just like, hell yeah, I was really ready for this episode. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, she kind of struck me as a genuine person. And I liked how her episode was kind of like a parody of, um, I guess it was kind of supposed to be like a psychological thriller, which was cool. Mm -hmm. And it was a really good way, like, it was a smart choice for her character because it was like a good way to like see a glimpse of like into her mind because she's the one who's supposed to be crazy. Yeah, she's she's very paranoid. The whole episode, she feels like someone's stalking her. She's getting texts from a scary number. Yeah, she's getting yeah threatening texts yeah. of someone saying you like don't go don't come here or you're gonna regret it. And she was bullied in high school. Yeah, by all of the other people she went to school with. Right. Well, it was it was because uh, she they said and they think in the first episode she was cl- like class president or something. Yeah, right. and then something happened at that party with, with Xavier, yeah. and then that I think spiraled into like her being like a social outcast and getting bullied and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just interesting how f- she flipped from kind of like, I don't know, top of the food chain, I guess, in a way to back down to uh, where she kind of is now. Oh, yeah. It seems too like she's not even fully aware of how much, like, I don't know, power, or like poise she holds as a human despite being crazy because her and Brett had a thing. Yeah. And he's like, He's saying, well, they're in the photo booth that she seduced him or whatever. And she goes, I didn't mean to just seduce you. I was just like, hi. And he's like, no, you were like, hi. Right. And, you know, it seems like she doesn't, she's very unsure of herself as well, which. Well, even, and even then, like, uh, I think that's, that's also a testament to, I mean, that, that played well with Brett's character too, because oh, yeah. Brett's, 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 Brett's very controlling. He, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of a domineering, aggressive person through the whole cast. So. He does like a lot of put downs and like when they meet in the hall, she's like trying to rebuke him and be like, Hey, like that was a mistake. I don't I don't I regret it happening and he's like, Nah, you liked it and like he's just, just gross. Yeah, he's just <laughs> Yeah, he's gross. <laughs> yeah, definitely not my favorite of the cast. Um but yeah, Ch- Chelsea's episode even too, like just we haven't really talked about how it's being filmed and the cinematography of each episode. So like 
Chelsea's giving that it's kind of like a thriller and there's a lot of paranoia. The the camera is really there's a lot of like close up shots on her. There's there's a shot at the party where she feels like everyone's talking about her and muttering and like it's it's kind of fuzzy around the frame and it's it's yeah. it's it's super tense and it changes in every episode. It's kind of like Twilight where everything is like blue. Yeah. Like it, that was the vibe that they were going for, I think. Yeah. I, everything literally was blue. There was a lot of blue lighting in her episode, I noticed. Yeah. And yeah, and uh I mean, sometimes the whole the lighting of entire environments will change. Like for instance, uh the the situation where Chelsea goes up to Zoe and Anique um outside of the mural that Zoe painted. In their episode, yeah, you're right. It's all blue. It's kind of over overcast and moody. And in the first episode, it, it's well lit. Um, it's Rom-com. warm. It's fun. Yeah. And, and then, uh, obviously, we didn't see that perspective from Brett's angle. But like in Brett's episode, you know, he he beats the shit out of the uh, the 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 valet um, guy at the front. In, Dark. Like, this, yeah. <laughs> and, but in like the super like over the top, like he jumps over the car and he kick flips him and like it's <laughs> very fast and furious. Yes. Yeah, you know, they're racing cars before that. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I compared it to John Wick as well. Like it's just total over the over the top action schlock. It was just a lot of fun. <laughs> um well on that note, uh I, I, I'd love to kind of hear I mean, we already talked about kind of who we think are our chief suspects as of right now. It sounds like there's a lot of suspicion about Walt. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some so, some thoughts about Jasper. Mm-hmm. I think there's more to say about Anique myself, just based on whatever might be happening come episode five, which releases um, a week from now, February 11th or 11, February 12th, I believe. Um, I think we're going to learn something about Anique's backstory from that high school party that's going to change how we see his character. But I'd love to kind of just, where do you see the rest of the show going from this point? Like, what are your kind of, impressions of where this series is gonna gonna head i think it's gotta start moving faster oh yeah like at the speed it's going right now there's no way we're ever gonna find out who did it right so i think the next few episodes are gonna be really hard hitting we're finding out a lot of information and it's a lot more clear who the suspects the final suspects are gonna be Mm -hmm. um one of which i really hope is yasper (laughs) (laughs) how many episodes are there there's eight episodes episodes. so we're, we're at the halfway mark right now yeah, there's really like no consensus. It could be anyone. They're really leaving it open and setting up every everyone has a motive and everyone has something to make them suspicious. Yeah. Except for the Jennifers, the two pregnant people, like Well, yeah, they're just treat Jennifer and and Ned are just recurring side characters. Like they're mm-hmm. barely involved in like, the core plot. Do you think that they're going to have an episode? I don't know because we'll see that that's what I was thinking, but then the synopsis for the next episode is that it's set from the high school perspective, which still could be accounted from a particular character. Like maybe that's the episode Walt talks about or something like that. But the two Jennifers and Ned um, and even Detective Culp, like they're just kind of there to pad out his body. Well, like, like in... one Jennifer is missing. She's not even yes. there. Right. You're tr- that's very true. But, but even then, like in Jasper's episode, they were just reduced to like, I mean, even in his songs, like they were just background dancers and singers. Yeah. For me, which kind of spoke of their place in the larger plot, at least in in the early episodes. So yeah, maybe there's something going on with the other um, Jennifers. Yeah, um, I don't think. I hope they. I, I don't think they will, but I hope they don't make some twist where one of them is the murderer or something. That would because like they don't have any, they don't have any them. depth. We don't know anything about. Um, I don't know, or at least like I, I don't really want them to be 
if they're going to be side characters, I kind of want them to stay that way. I don't want them to like all of a sudden be rel- like super relevant or like yeah. have like a big hand in something. I don't know. I don't That's know. the worst part is when a murder mystery is completely shocking because you didn't even hear about the character much until the end. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't, and they they have like the last chapter of the murder mystery book is like all oh, this stuff happened that we didn't tell you. Haha! <laughs> no wonder you can figure it out. Like if right. it's gonna be like that, I'm gonna be sad. That's a good point. And I don't see it doing that. Mm. But. That that is a but. That's another kind of not necessarily weakness, but with this show, since they reset the uh, the timeline every episode, you know. Again, like we're. I think the fun of the solving the the murder for us as viewers is like catching inconsistent details or differences as each episode goes on. For for instance, I I was talking about when we watched episode four, and yet from Yastra's perspective, he switched uh, um, Chelsea and Anique's drinks when they were about to um, take quick shots together next to the X statue. But then in um, Chelsea's in Chelsea's view, she didn't see Yasper switch them back, so they just they didn't even show them switching. Like it was just them Doesn't drinking happen. what they planned. Yeah. So for me, that's what kind of is always like, ah, like this is interesting. Like this is giving us new information to kind of wonder who's the murderer, who's being honest, who's not. And but I I, t- I, I agree with that assessment of like if it's gonna be a side character like some like the Jennifers we haven't spent any time with, or even um I, I think it's Indigo, uh the, oh. the 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 woman who's in the MLM scheme. Yeah, she, yeah, she sees Anique, um, but but she's always trying to pitch someone on like the new organic product she's developing and petitions yeah. she's trying to get signed. They I, could be setting her up as someone. She's gonna have an episode. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think they're setting. She's too interesting to just be a side character. Like she, and at the beginning in the first yeah. episode, she had like a little mini movie, like the mind movie concept. Like she had a little mini one. Yeah, she had the art movie. Like, she explains the plot of the show through, you know, she's like mind movies. She's explaining I, what's gonna happen almost yeah. at the beginning of the show. I don't really remember. Like I remember seeing Indigo in today's episode, but like, yeah, I don't really remember. Like, yeah. She she didn't stick in my head, I guess, because like I remember like all the other side characters and stuff, but yeah, she didn't stick in my head. Yeah. Okay, I have. Did you say we have five minutes? Yeah, I okay. was trying to be subtle with it, but yeah, go. for I it. I know. I just want to make sure. There's like two things I still wanted to talk about. Please, yeah, go for it. Um, George, you mentioned that you had something to say about um Detective uh, Colt. Yes. Yeah. So this is stupid, but I I wouldn't put this past Phil Lord and Chris Miller because. If you've seen any of their earlier work, I mean, Tate, you and I have watched Clone High together. Mm-hmm. First, let me say, throw it to Clone High. In Clone High, there's an episode where Gandhi sings a song a song called G-Spot Rocks the G-Spot. And then in this show, oh. Xavier sings a song called X Marks the G-Spot. So I love that these guys are always throwing back to their earlier work. They have an obsession. They really do. It be something <laughs> worth analyzing. Well, yeah, that, well, I could go in a whole other episode about just that. But um, the... Uh, <laughs> Your look gets distracted. All right, we're going to cut this part from the podcast. One second, one second, one second. Here's my thinking. Um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller kind of, they set up their stories really well. There's there's an intelligent kind of plot progression. They're, they're pretty consistent. But I think they also like to employ just kind of like silly, goofy, dumb stuff. Oh, absolutely. So I wouldn't put past them that naming a character uh, Detective Culp. Culp Ritt? Culprit? Culpable. Culp Yeah. That's another word. <laughs> that that that's an even better word than culprit. Mm. Um yeah, he uh so obviously he has barely been in the show. Both of the detective characters, like uh I like Tiffany Haddish, but 
both the detective characters so far are kind of for, forgettable for me. Like they're they're just not. I don't know, most but engaging. I it's weird. I don't know what they're going for because Tiffany Haddish, like her character, does not seem like a detective. And I know it's like it's a comedy, but like That's something's the whole point, going on. Is there. she's not supposed to be the detective on the case. Yeah, so there's yeah. supposed to be someone else coming. That's true. They then they, they they did kind of introduce some ambiguity there about like why is she wanting to take this case on so bad? Mm-hmm. Right. So there could be more with both of our detective characters about their role in this branching narrative and what's heading there. That was one of the points about Detective Culp is like, hey, his name is kind of goofy and it makes me think of culprit. So I'm not ignoring him <laughs> for that reason. But what else did you want to bring up, Sophie? I wanted to prompt Tay. Did you ha- yeah. want to ask that question? My the question I wanted to end on was one, would you go to your 15-year high school reunion? And two, which character do you think each of us fits into in the show? Like, who would we be if we were in the show? Ooh. Um, I would go to my 15-year high school reunion. I don't know why. I've just always thought that would be fun and entertaining Okay. to see. Yeah. Maybe this um, should be a group response. We all kind of figure out which character we are as a group. Well, yeah, let's start with item one. Let me just say that... Uh... I was just messaging someone from my high school about like, um, like so, someone sent us something about like, oh, a classroom reunion. Like, I have this thing from high school. Should someone hold on to this for when we have a reunion? So we're I'm now five years out of high school. So someone was just texting me like, oh, hey, like when do you want to do a reunion? I am not rushing to that. Like, I'm 15 years. I think that would be a comfortable distance, um, because like you know everyone's everyone's gone and done something or there's a change or it'd be, it'd be really interesting. But even then, like if if I'm really not interested in five years, I don't know how much more interested I'll be in fifteen years. So I'm kind of, eh, I don't know. But George, you were the class president. It's like your responsibility. I was actually student council president. Okay. No. <laughs> Peter, what what about you? Um, I've always kind of, uh, I've always kind of been interested on uh, like where people go. Like even if I don't like really know the person or talk to the person, I'm just kind of curious like what people end up. I think I counted up where people are at a couple years ago, like right. my senior year or something, on how many people like were still in college, how many people had gotten full-time jobs, how many people are still living in my hometown, all that kind of stuff. I counted all that stuff up and I, I just because I just find it really interesting. But I think I would only go to like a high school reunion if I was going with someone else. I wouldn't go alone right. Yeah, because I feel like it'd be too weird for me to try to make conversation with people I haven't spoken to in years like by myself. Yeah. Like, uh, whether it's like a significant other or whether it's a friend from, because I, I have a couple friends from high school I've still kept in contact with. So it's whether with one of them or with uh, like a significant other or whatever, a friend, something. Um, yeah. Because I'd be, I'd be interested in going. I just wouldn't want to go alone because it'd just be I too hear weird. Yeah. Because, I mean, that would be, you know, everyone has an assumption of who you were back. I mean, that, that's explored even in the show. Like everyone's like, oh, you know, you. You you've been a wreck since high school, or wow, you really blew up, Xavier, and all that stuff. So that that's a good point. Like so much of it is kind of like balancing, even if even if it's just in your head, like the expectations people have. So that does make it kind of more of a, I don't know, not strenuous, but it's 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 a more intense networking event than I think. Uh, you know, meeting people you don't know because you're seeing people from your past, and that can have there's baggage. There's a lot of there can be a lot of baggage there. Yeah. But to your earlier question, yeah. who do we? Can you repeat that for the folks? At home? Yeah. Well, one, I will not be attending my high school reunion. Full stop. No questions oh, yeah. asked. <laughs> to my other question is, uh, who do you think each of us r- relate to most as the show characters? Like, which show character would we be? 
it's hard to answer that because we haven't seen all of the characters yet. Mm-hmm. But of the well, Sophie, I think you had you, well, you knew me. I was gonna respond to that. Like, I think that's kind of funny because if we say it now and then one of them ends up being the murderer, like that's really funny. Yeah. Um, but George, I hope you guys agree with me, is a hundred percent unique, right? Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, maybe a more outgoing unique. Uh, not that Anik isn't outgoing, but like a more, I don't know. Yeah. Anik, Anik is, feels less sociable with like Agreed, most people, yeah. whereas George, George is very sociable. Trying to figure it out, you know? Like, what I do you feel mean? Like you, you would be like, if you were in that scenario, you'd be like, I'm going to figure out who did this. Like Anik. Oh, does. yeah. 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 You would take charge. You'd be like, okay, guys, let's, but you'd like do it together. You wouldn't keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And the other thing is that, like, I have a crush on Sam Richardson, and I'm dating you. So, like, that's my... Nice. That's, that's, that's my a very safe answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I, I was kind of thinking you would you would peg me as as, as Jasper. Um, and I can't really quite cite why. I, no, I can see. You're, like, kind of a combo feel. Well, I, I was more thinking just, like, the bubbliness that Jasper has. Like, that was kind of like, all right, I can see myself there. Yeah, but you're not, like, stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> Not always. Well, Most yeah. of the time, yes. But but I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, everyone else is really hard. Like, that one's easy. But I can't decide for you guys. I can see a little Jasper and Tay. <laughs> Just a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, I would probably... It's easier to, like, morph us as characters. Because, like... Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to, like, reduce anyone to an archetype. But cause, so for you, I would almost be, like, you're Jasper mixed with Chelsea. Um, because, <laughs> cause, like... Talking to you is like talking to Jasper because it's very engaged and fun, and you have a lot of really kind of vibrant and fun thoughts, and it's it's really engaging, like talking to Jasper. But I also think you have kind of the the mysterious nature uh, and some somewhat worldview of Chelsea, if that makes sense. No, I'm taking that as a compliment. It is a compliment. I I, I like that take. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I back that. Um, you... I don't think anyone is Brett. No. 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 Peter, for you, I was gonna say like I see parts of Brett in you, um, oh. Oh. but see that oh. feels like an insult. No, like uh, no. like like kind of the uh, not the lovable rogue, but like uh, you know how like when he was like chasing after his daughter's koala, I saw a little bit of you in that. Yeah, so, like yeah. Yeah. Brett from Brett's perspective, like being the good guy, yeah, and like helping other people. Yeah, yeah. But for with him, there's like a lack of sincerity. With you, I, I'd be like. It's sincere. It. Yeah. So for you, I see part of that. Um, I see a little of a neek in you as well. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sophie, what about you? I don't know who I am. I can't. I'm not a self-aware person. You guys got to tell me. See, like, uh, you could be, what, Chelsea's comedy, like, when, when Chelsea has funny lines, I see you. Because mm-hmm. they're kind of sarcastic and uh, tongue-in-cheek, but, like, really clever and and accurate which i think is is your kind of style of humor but also you're more you're also chaotic like chelsea in a sense so but i don't know i see the like sweetness side of zoe in you at least yes with how she is to anique with how you are with george like you know like anique will do something really dumb and like a terrible flirty line and she'll just be like yeah so you're saying I'm perfect and, and George is weird. Yep, yeah, that's it. Well, that's this, the hot take. On. This isn't a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> nice. Um, well, either of you want to add to any of our 
perceptions of one another. I think that it's Walt is the wild, wild, wild yeah. flower, right? I think that I see a little bit of Walt in you as well. Like you would be. Oh God, I'm getting not, all the no, bad no, no, characters, no, no, bro. No, no. I mean, no, Becky. <laughs> let me explain though, because I feel like you would be the one who's sitting in the back watching everything, and then all of a sudden at the end of the night, you're like, "Yo, I figured it out." Like I feel like oh, that's, that's gonna true. be Walt's play. Is like I've been watching you all since high school, and I know exactly what happened. And the, with the way point. that you can suss out people's vibe, I guess, for lack of a better word, like I see that being that's a very good point. scenario. That like kind of speaks to the show. I've never thought about that. Like Walt could be maybe not a suspect in my mind, but like the one who's gonna be like, mm-hmm. I know who did it. I saw everything. And because people don't pay attention to him, like. They never figure out like that he knows all this stuff because yeah. every time he tries to talk to someone, they just kind of. And every time he talks to someone, he's like, "Remember when you, you and I did this? When you did this? Like he's very." He seems to remember things. Yeah. A lot of things. Yeah. He's like people so, don't yeah. remember him, but he remembers. Not that people a lot about don't people. remember you, or you're not a likable human. <laughs> I could just see you putting the pieces together and yeah. watching everyone and being like, "Yo." Very good points. Yeah. Anything else on that front? I'm really glad that none of us are Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Well, like. See, he's got charisma. Like, like he's I good like, host. like I like Xavier more than I like Brett. Because <laughs> Z- yeah. I mean, I, and that maybe is more of a testament know. to like Xavier being in like the Hungry Hungry Hippos movie and just having like dumb lines. Like, so for me, it's fun to watch him on screen, especially when they had like the whole like the scene in the urinal oh. <laughs> where they that... were like competing with one another. Oh, I can't believe we didn't talk about that. I know that's one of my favorite parts of the show so far. I, that was just so funny. The literal pissing like, contest. It dragged on, and they dragged it on. Like it would yeah. be like, oh, I can go longer. Oh, I can change pitch. All this kind of stuff. Yeah, that exactly. was really funny. <laughs> that that was like, a beautiful part. Do men do that? No. I think that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> Got it. On, on that, on that note, folks. Um, we have finished the first four episodes. We are hoping to do another one of these chats after the entire rest of the series comes out. And, and the series will be airing between um, this recording, which is on February 5th, until March 4th, 2022. So we'll probably come back in the studio sometime next month. But as the series stands right now, would you recommend The After Party on Apple TV? Absolutely, but only if you're interested in watching something goofy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's goofy for sure. Yeah, it, it doesn't exactly have like, well, it's definitely not a drama. You know, it's a mm-hmm. murder. Mis- it's a whodunit, but there's not a lot of like, oh, stakes and moral moral conundrums. Like it's it's really just silly. Sophie, yeah. would you agree? Yeah, I will say like if you like any of the shows that like these actors have been in, like Ben Schwartz, Ilana Glazer, Sam Richardson. Oh, yeah. That's all I can think of. Um, If you like those, then you'll probably like this because they really are just playing the same characters they always play because they're really good at it. So, Agreed. And Peter, how about you? Uh, Yeah, kind of essentially what you guys said. Uh, I think it's it's kind of goofy, but it's st- and even though it's not dramatic and doesn't have like these stakes, you still kind of want to find out who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, So they can kind of manage to portray that without being like uh, super serious. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. I think it's I think it's pretty good. I'm curious to f- see how it ends for sure. Agreed. It's it's a little frustrating to like have to, especially for a miniseries. Like I kind of wish we could just binge this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the episodes with y'all on Fridays. So folks, folks at home, you can watch the after party on Apple TV. The first the first episode starring Anique um, is available for free on YouTube. If you do not have Apple TV and just want to give this series a sampling, from there, if you are interested in watching or listening to more of Social Night, you can tune in on impact89fm.org or find any of our podcasts such as Social Night on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. And make sure you're tuning in to 88.9 FM 
for more from MSU students. Thanks so much for tuning in.